Amen. He is worthy of all that this morning as the great I am and more. Amen. Let's all stand together if you would. Let's turn to page number 11 together this morning as we begin. Page number 11. Come thou fount of every blessing. Let's sing it out. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amen. Great start this morning. Amen. What a blessing this morning. I was in my Bible reading this morning in Mark chapter number 5. And uh, I love the scene uh, where the, what we would call, I guess, the maniac of Gadara, uh, he gets saved. And he ain't, he's not a maniac anymore. Amen. And I love it when it says, And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. It's a testimony of what a changed life can do, amen. And uh, what a blessing, and sure thankful we know the one that can change the life, amen. And uh, sure glad you're here uh, this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Jim Wisdom if you would open us in a word of prayer. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, this morning? Just wanted to mention a few things. Uh, don't forget about uh, those that signed up uh, for the Midwest Couples Retreat. That is next uh, Friday, or actually this coming Friday and Saturday, February the 2nd and 3rd. And if you have not turned in your money, please make sure that you do so. You can just get a tithe envelope and put on there uh, Couples Retreat and drop your money uh, in the offering plate. We'd appreciate it if you would uh, do that. Uh, next Sunday uh, night, Brother Tim Quinlan, our youth director, is going to be preaching. And then also I uh, wanted to mention this. Uh, there is uh, some rescheduled uh, basketball and volleyball games. And so if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, make sure you're aware of that. Those will be February the 5th, which is on a Monday. 
Uh, so that'll be a week from tomorrow, and that'll be here at home, and that'll be at 6 p.m. And then, of course, if you have kids in the youth department, there's a youth rally February the 9th, which is on a Friday at Temple Baptist Church in El Dorado, and that'll be at 7 o'clock uh, in the evening. Brother Ron Jones, uh, dear friend, hosting uh, that, and I know we got a good group going to that. So, Brother Eric, come on ahead. Amen. Let's turn to page 692, if you would, and let's stand together again. Page 692. You know Christ as your Savior. One day you're going to be in heaven. You're going to get to see Him. We're going to be singing out to Him. So let's sing it out this morning. He is our audience this morning. Sing it out. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. Rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus, we'll see and shout the victory. shake hands together this morning as the instruments play. Good to have you here. Good to have those visiting with us today as well. We're glad you chose to be here this morning.
victory. Onward to the prize before us soon His beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open. We shall tread the streets of gold when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. victory. Don't close your hymn books yet. Keep that page, 692, if you need it again, all right? How many of you are glad to be in church this morning? Amen. Amen. How many of you are even, if you're saved, you're excited about going to heaven one day? Anybody here ever seen Streets of Gold yet? One day you will. Let's smile as we sing about it this morning, all right? We have a lot to look forward to. We need to be smiling and singing out for the Lord this morning. On that last verse, onward, onward, onward to the prize that awaits before us. Sing it out. Onward to the prize before us soon. His beauty will behold. It's going to happen soon. We shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. We have a lot to look forward to. Amen. Put Tim, come right ahead. The men are coming. I'd like to read a verse. I, uh, it's been quite a while since I've read it from Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Brother John Ellis, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. Let's turn to page 323. Now, we sang this song in Sunday school, if you were there for Sunday school. And sometimes I think, okay, Lord, Brother Quinlan picks his songs, I pick my songs. 
We picked the same song, and I just think maybe it's sometimes just because we need to hear it again. Amen. Let's all stand together. The old account was settled long ago. Page number 323. Let's sing all verses this morning for our last song. There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things behold. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago and the record's clear today for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. The old account was large and growing every day For I was always sinning and never tried to pay But when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe I said that I would settle, I settled long ago Long ago, long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today settled long ago when at the judgment bar I stand before my king and he the book will open he cannot find a thing then will my heart be glad while tears of joy will flow because I had it settled I settled long ago long ago long ago yes the old account was settled long ago and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. When in that happy home, my Savior's home above, loves the redemption story and praise him for his love. I'll not forget that book with pages white as snow because I haven't settled and settled long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. Oh, sinner, seek the Lord, repent of all your sin, for thus he has commanded, if you would enter in, and then if you should live a hundred years below, up there you'll not regret it. You settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. You know the Lord is your Savior. Your account has been settled. Amen. If you don't, you can settle it today. Amen. Let's go ahead and be seated this morning. Wonderful singing. Just before the message this morning, we're going to have a special from Ms. Christy Wisdom and Ms. Phyllis Watson. of fear. 
tear. There's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone, when my heart had no song, still in love He's proved faithful to faithful God. Amen. <clears throat> I like what uh, Brother Sam Davison said one time. He can't help but to be faithful because he is faithful. Amen. It's just who he is in his character, our faithful God. What a blessing this morning. Well, we're in the Gospel of Luke in chapter number three this morning, the Gospel of Luke. And 
<clears throat> chapter uh, number 3. We've been preaching through uh, this gospel uh, in our Sunday uh, morning services and uh, just uh, been a blessing here. And, and so Luke chapter number 3, if you know anything about it, uh, certainly it begins to cover the ministry of John the Baptist. And so that's really what we've been focusing on uh, in the last uh, couple of messages. We know this, John the Baptist, when you say the name John the Baptist, I certainly think of things like this, boldness, confrontational preaching, amen, repent, things like, you, you know, get right with God, those, those types of, of messages and things, that, that was, was John the Baptist, and, and so, and we know this, that as people would, would uh, repent and get right with God, then they would follow the Lord in baptism to signify the decision that they had made in their soul and, and in their heart. Now, last week we saw this. Not everybody likes that message. Because we know Herod would have John thrown into jail. Eventually he would be beheaded. But we also know this, that there were some that did receive the message. Common people uh, like you and me. Publicans that were... what 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 they would call was sinners of their day. Even some of the soldiers had, had received that message. And, and here's, why, here's why John came on the scene. It was to prepare a people for one that would come, that John would say this, I'm not worthy to latch at his shoes. Well, that's where you and I pick up this morning in Luke chapter 3. So if you're able to stand, I want to invite you to stand in honor of God's word this morning, and look with me, if you would, at verse number 21. The, notice what the Bible says here. Now, so, so it kind of picks up with that exact same thought. Now, when all the people were baptized, so that means this, everybody, the, these have been prepared. They're, they're ready. Here's what it says. It came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And now watch this. It says, And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son. In thee I am well pleased. What a blessing that was. And then notice Luke's gospel here. And Jesus himself began uh, to be about 30 years of age being as was supposed of course, according to Jewish tradition, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, which was the son of Mathet, which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Malchi, which was the son of Jana, which was the son of Joseph. And then, of course, it goes Matthias, Amos, Nahum, uh, Elzli, uh, Nagi, um, Mahath, uh, Mat Mattathias, Simei, Joseph, Judah, and you can keep reading all the names down through there and mispronouncing them just as good as I can. All right. And, and notice, I want you to pick up there. Look at verse number 31, which was the son of uh, Malia, which was the son of uh, Menan, which was the son of uh, Mattatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of, who's that right there? David, which was the son of Jesse, in case you're wondering the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Nason. And, and then, you know, it keeps on going, uh, Aminadab in verse 33. Then, then look down, okay, so verse 33, the son of Aminadab, the son of 
Aram, the son of Ezram, the son of Perez, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham. All right, but now, now watch this, keep going, because it keeps going down. And if you'll notice there, look at verse number 36, which was the son of Canaan, uh, which was the son of Arphaxad, which was the son of Sim, which was the son of Noah, which was the son of Lamech, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Malil, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And I did pretty good right there pronouncing those names, i got to say. There's two things that I think, I I believe, I, I see happening here. As the Gospel of Luke transitions from the ministry of John the Baptist and now obviously the earthly ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, One of those things that I see happening is this, validation. As the Lord Jesus is baptized, you got to think about this, the Holy Ghost descends upon Him, the form of a dove, and then the Father sounds from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I want you to think about this, all three persons of the Godhead right there, signifying the start of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And if that's not enough, Luke then traces his earthly lineage all the way back to Adam, meaning the Son of God. But here's the second thing that I see, and this is really where you and I are going to kind of deal with this morning because I believe this applies to us really particularly today. And that is this, there's also a pattern being set here. Jesus picks up with the message of John the Baptist, but he is also baptized by John the Baptist. But then not only that, but he even goes a step further here, showing the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. And this is what I want us to catch. When you begin to move forward through the earthly ministry of Christ, and even into the ministry of the apostles in the book of Acts, you will find the exact same pattern taking place. Which is why the Bible says this, they turn the world upside down. And here's the point. It's the same pattern you and I still need today. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. And so this is what I would say to you. If this is the model or the pattern for us, then the question to us has to be this, well, are we following this? Because if we're not, that may explain why the results or the outcome isn't the same as what the Bible begins to show us. All right, so so I think whether it's you and I personally, or even when it comes to ministries like Faith Baptist Church, I'm telling you, Jesus is the example. He's the model He's the pattern that you and I are to follow. Father, would you bless the preaching now? And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated this morning? Sure appreciate you standing in honor of, of God's Word. Now, when, when, I think about, when I think about things like a model or a pattern, I, I, am, a, I am a welder by trade. That's what I did before God uh, called me into ministry and, and so I begin to think about things that I built or welded or, or did. 
And, and during my days as, as a welder, I can testify that there were several times where, where we were building something and it was based upon a model or a pattern. I, I, the, first, uh, the first chemical plant that I worked in was an old uh, American cyanamide plant uh, that, that was built back in the early 1900s. And, and uh, I worked there for several uh, years and uh, it, was a, it was a plant that uh, created fiber. And the fiber uh, was eventually uh, would be shipped off and made into things like clothes or, or carpets and, and, and things like that. And so at the end of this line, so it came in on trains at the beginning of the plant and chemicals. And, and so it would run through all these different processes. And then at the end of the line, it would come out as this continuous strand of fiber that would be dropped into these like the, these giant square uh, bins. They were probably about eight feet wide, and they were about twelve to fifteen feet tall. And then the forklift drivers would come and pick them those bins up and would take them to another department where the fiber would be cut up, and then it would be put into bales and would be shipped out of our plant. Now. If you wanted to drive a forklift in that plant, I'm pretty sure that one of the qualifications was you had to be mentally unstable. <laughs> because those were some of the craziest people and drivers. I mean, listen, to, describe it, to describe it as adult bumper cars is an understatement because it was more like the demolition derby. And, and so they had destroyed, I mean, they would just take these bins and ram them and sling them around, and they were destroyed. So an engineer uh, decided we need to we need to build some new bins, and so he came up with a blueprint, sent them to our company, and so we took the blueprint and we started. Uh, we were going to fabricate these new bins, and so because we were going to build a multitude of them, what we did was we created a jig to to, to just basically a pattern. And so you would take the poles and you'd put the poles in there and you'd weld them up and, and then you'd set them in this uh, tub thing and you'd weld them up and put the walls on. And, and so that, that's what we did. And so it was just this pattern and, and you, you'd put it in there and you'd weld it and you'd do it and put it together and you'd put it in and do it. Man, we got to where we could build these things in like two to four hours, one of them in about two to four hours in one day. Just boom, we'd build it and we'd do another build it because we had this pattern. Now, what happened was this. Some of us older, experienced welders, you know, we, we, we got it all started, and then we moved on to bigger and better things, and then they bring new guys in who were learning how to fabricate and who were learning how to weld. And so they'd come in, and they'd put the pole in the wrong place. Rookies. And then they'd weld it up. And then you could, and you'd have to cut it all out. And you'd have, now, here's the thing. When mistakes were made... Nobody ever went back to the jig and said, oh, this jig is wrong. It wasn't wrong. It was the problem was the new guy. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to illustrate to you is this. That's exactly what Jesus Christ, that's exactly what our text is about uh, this morning. Now, now it's, it gives us a pattern or a plan to, to follow. And, and what I'm saying to you is this, is that when things aren't working out the way that they should be, we can't look back at the pattern and go, oh, it's, the, it's his fault. No, no, we got to look at ourselves and, and, and check on ourselves and say, man, maybe it's me and I've got to make some changes in my life. You understand what, what, I, what I'm saying? And, and that's the idea this morning. Now, as already mentioned, much of this is validation. Listen, anytime you're going to do a pattern, you got to validate 
the, the very first one. You got to make sure that that it's right. And that's exactly that's exactly what is happening in our text to signify this start of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. But it's also to demonstrate truly He is the Christ. The 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 one that this is the one that John the Baptist was saying. He he's. I'm not him. I'm not him. As all the people are going, is he, is he the Messiah? Nope, I'm not him. This is him. Now, I want you to think about this. And this is what I thought of. And, and we don't have time for, for, you know, to go back and, and look at this. But many of you who are here for Luke and, and chapter number 2, when, when we went through there, and, and you see all of these events that, that surround the birth of Christ and, and his, even his early life as a 12-year-old uh, boy, and one of the things that we pointed out as we went through there was there were all of these special little moments that, that the Bible says things like, and Joseph and Mary, they, they kept all these things in their heart. They, they pondered all these things in their hearts. You might remember that? All right. And so you, you understand that wasn't, listen, I know, I know moms can have mom goggles. And, and go, well, my kid is just, he's special. Or she's special. Well, maybe to you. All right. <laughs> I just offended all the moms in here. No. He was truly special. Beyond the mom goggles, special. Because he's the son of God. And so there were all of these, there were all of these little events like, like the shepherds showing up at the manger scene. All right. And 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 when and when they dedicated him at the temple, there was Simeon and, and Anna. And they prophesied of him. And, and even as a 12-year-old boy, and, and, and they go back, they realize that they left him, and they go back, and there's Jesus. And where most 12-year-old kids, after three days, would be panicking, Jesus is still in the temple, and he says this, I'm, I'm about my father's business. And so you understand, those were special moments that Joseph and Mary pondered in their heart. And the point is this, it just makes sense that as the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ is now officially starting and taking off, that something special would happen again. And, and, here, and, and here you have it, right? Right here in our scene, all right? And so, so notice here in verse number 21, it says, Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, uh, all right, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee am, am, I, am I well uh, pleased. And, and so what I would say to you is this, that's validation. That's validation. Listen, the Spirit of God and it being in a visible form where everybody can see it. So you understand that John the Baptist, though he is bold in confronting people with their need to repent and to get right with God, this is the one that he's talking about. This is the one that he said that I'm not worthy to latch in his shoes. And the validation is that the Spirit of God comes down in the form of a dove so everybody can see it. And then they're standing there, and then all of a sudden a voice thunders from heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And everybody's going, whoa, that's him. That's him. 
I mean, listen, John's going, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. But you understand, when the Spirit of God comes down and the voice of God comes around, that is validation. This is the Son of God. This is the Messiah. This is God manifest in the flesh. What a validation that that is. And listen, and, and I love that Luke, uh, Luke's gospel as he understands that, he begins, to, he begins to trace the lineage of Jesus Christ there in verse number 23. And notice what it says. And Jesus himself, being about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. So, so this is interesting about Luke's gospel. And we're not going to look at this a whole lot because it's obviously a great list of names here. But I do want to point some things out to you so that you're aware of this. That though he starts with Joseph, who would be, we would say, the earthly father of, of Jesus, he, he quickly moves to Heli, who is actually the, the earthly father of Mary. All right, we know this because the Gospels of Luke and Matthew are the only two Gospels that cover the lineage of Christ. And Matthew's Gospel says that Joseph's father was actually Jacob. And so Joseph, being the son-in-law to Heli, all right, who was the father of Mary. And so Luke begins to trace that lineage back. And I believe he does this. Here's why, I just want you to catch this. I believe he does this to show us that whether you go the route of Joseph or you go, well, he was virgin born and came from Mary and you go that route, either way, it all goes back to David. And it shows that Jesus is the rightful king of kings an heir to the Davidic covenant that someone from the, the lineage of David would rule and reign forever. That's Jesus Christ. And, and so it does it. And also what's unique about Luke's gospel is that, or this lineage right here, and we pointed that out, it goes back further than Father Abraham. It goes back all the way to Adam, who is the Son of God. And I believe that shows us this, that Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, He's the Son of Man. He's not just the Savior of the Jews. He's the Savior of the, of the Gentiles. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be a Gentile. And I'm glad that He's my Savior too. Somebody say amen this morning. But again, all of that shows us validation. And so when we understand that there's validation, all right, then we would understand that this is the real, this is the real deal. Now, here's what I know. You can have a proven pattern but you still don't follow it correctly. And again, when we don't follow it correctly and things don't work out like they're supposed to, and I'm just telling you, we can't go back. And it's just like those guys in the welding shop. Man, they would mess it up. And they try to point the blame here and point the blame there. And I know we'd never do that. But the reality is the blame falls on us because we're not following the pattern the way that we should follow it and that's exactly, I'm telling you, that's exactly the lesson that you and I see this morning. As Luke covers this, not only does he give us validation, but when you begin to see the Scriptures as a whole, I'm telling you, there's a tremendous pattern here that you and I need to follow. And when we don't follow it, I'm just telling you this morning, things aren't going to work out like they're supposed to. But in order for us to understand that, we've got to see what the pattern is. So let me give you some things here. It's just two things this morning. That, that I want you to see, but now don't get too excited because it's still a lot. But look, at ver look back at verse number 21 again. I want to show you something. Let's go a little bit deeper here, shall we? 
Look at what it says in verse 21. So the Bible says this, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. The heaven was opened and it continues on into verse 22. But I want, want us to just stop there and I want to point out something to you. One, one of the things that I see from the Lord Jesus right here is this, is that you think about this is the transition from in Luke's gospel from the ministry of John the Baptist and to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And this is the start of his ministry. And what I would say to you is this, is that he started with a submissive attitude towards biblical authorities. Let me say that again. He started with a submissive attitude towards biblical authorities. If you, this, and I touched on this a moment ago, if, uh, you, the last time we saw the Lord Jesus is at the end of chapter number 2. He is a 12-year-old boy, and he is chomping at the bit, so to speak, to, go, to be about his father's business. And when Mary and Joseph, as they left Jerusalem, as they realized after three days that they had forgotten the Savior, and they go back, all right, and, and, and they get the Savior, and he begins to tell them that. It also says this. Go back to chapter 2, and look at me, with me, if you would, at verse number 51. I want you to notice this. <laughs> it says, And he went down with them, talking about Joseph and Mary. This is after they came back to him. And came to Nazareth. Now watch this right here. And was subject unto them. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about Joseph and Mary. Jesus was subject unto them. That means <laughs> the one that created Joseph and Mary. brought himself lower and made himself subject. The Creator subjecting himself to creation. Come on, just think about that. I know, come on, I'm sunshine and you're awake. Think about that. That's powerful. That the Creator would make him, and the point is this, is that the same attitude of submissiveness, when you and I see Jesus again here in our text, in chapter number 3, that same attitude of submissiveness, listen to this, as a 30-year-old man, is still part of his life. Whether, whether we want to admit it or not, okay? Now stay with me. Whether we want to admit it or not, the baptism of, of, of Jesus by John the Baptist, it shows us some things. John the Baptist. Now, some of these things we've already seen, and I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I do want to spend some time and point out some things like this. John the Baptist, his baptism, now, now you understand, it's going to carry over into the ministry of Jesus. And then the ministry of the apostles. And the ministry of Faith Baptist Church, for that matter. But you, you, you understand that, that it shows us things like this. It shows us what a proper candidate of baptism is. It's one that's been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Come on, I don't, I don't have time. You can go back and you can look at verse number 3 of our text that shows us that John the Baptist, he preached baptism for repentance of sin. 
And that word for means because of. It means this. It means that they had made a decision within their heart to turn from their sin and to turn from who they were and to trust in the Messiah who was to come. Just like we, just like they were looking forward, we just simply look back by faith. And then because of that hard decision, they were baptized. Please catch this. Nowhere does John baptize somebody in order to be saved. He baptized them because they already made a decision in their heart by faith to be saved. Somebody say amen. You understand? If, if, if it was John's baptism that saved, then why did Jesus come and die on the cross? No, blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. And so we understand that. So, so we grab a hold of it. And, and also catch this. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't baptize any infants. Because infants can't repent and believe. So, so you understand, a proper candidate is one that has to be saved by grace through faith. The, the other thing that we learned was this, is that baptism, the proper mode, is immersion. That's what the word baptize means. It means to dip or to plunge. Well, why? Because that properly pictures the symbol of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that He died and was buried and rose again the third day. So, so we understand that baptism doesn't save us. Nothing special about that water, but rather it's the one, it symbolizes the one that saved us, who is Jesus Christ. So is everybody getting that? So, so we've go, we, we got to make sure there's no such thing as sprinkling or pouring in the Bible doesn't properly picture the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not how we bury our dead. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Sprinkle a little dirt on them, walk off. So, so we got to understand that. But here's, here's, here's the thing that we see in our text. Watch this. And this is where this deals with us. The, the, the baptism, both John the Baptist and the Lord Jesus Christ, right here in, in verse number 21, it also shows us this. Authority matters in baptism. It matters who baptizes you. What authority? Be, be in fact, Jesus. Now watch this again. Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, walked some 60 miles from Galilee to Jordan River to be baptized by John. He could have stopped anywhere and had anyone perform this baptism, but he went to John at the Jordan River, and here's why. Because John's gospel tells us there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Do you know what that means? That means this, that John the Baptist had the authority, the proper authority to baptize the Son of God who is Jesus Christ. In fact, when the Pharisees, when they're going to come later to Jesus in Luke's gospel, and they're going to say, by what authority do you do these things? And Jesus is going to say, well, let me ask you a question. By what authority is John's baptism? Was it from heaven or was it of men? <laughs> and the Jews are going to go back and they're going to, the Pharisees, they're going to go, well, if we say from heaven, we're in trouble. If we say from men, we're still in trouble. So they don't answer him. And Jesus says, well, then I'm not going to answer you. I love my Savior. The bottom line is this, it was from heaven. It was from heaven. And so too was the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. The eternal Son of God. Please listen to this. 
Yet in our text, the Lord submits Himself to the authority of John the Baptist and His baptism, and He's baptized by Him to start His earthly ministry. And this is the pattern that is set and is going to be carried out throughout the Scriptures. Did you know this? That all the apostles were baptized by John the Baptist. I know, I know, well, I know, preacher, I didn't see that in the Chosen series. Well, yeah, that's because it's written by Mormons and Catholics. Look in the Bible. Read the Bible. Look at the Bible. Is everybody getting this? It's in the book, friend. It's in the book. It's in the book. See, what, what, what's going to happen is this. Now watch it. So Jesus is baptized. The disciples are all saved and baptized by John the Baptist. Say, Judas Iscariot, we know that's going to betray the Lord. And so this is going to be his, his church. Called out, saved, baptized assembly. This is going to carry over in Acts chapter 1. John the, Jesus in the Gospel of John is going to commission Peter to be the next pastor. And this is going to, this is going to you're going to see this in Acts chapter 2. And, and the day of Pentecost, guess what? Guess what? In chapter 1, Peter's going to stand up and lead him in a business meeting. And in chapter 2, he's going to stand up and preach. And 3,000 people are going to get saved by faith. And then after they get saved by faith, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get baptized. Immersion. Waterlogged. Man, you've got to baptize 3,000 people. That'd be, that's awesome, isn't it? When you get wrinkled and... Just stand there. Next. What'd you do today? I baptized 3,000 people. What? And it's just going to continue from the church of Jerusalem to the church at Antioch. To... Well, what I'm trying to say, listen, listen, please get to this. The pattern, please, please listen to this. The pattern all throughout the scriptures is this, is that people heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and they believed. They humbled themselves and repented and turned from their sin and what they were trusting in to save them and they put their faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. Amen. Then they were baptized by immersion and they were made part of one of the Lord's churches, a local visible assembly called a church. Amen. And they began to serve God. They begin to witness to other people. They begin to tithe. They begin to, they, they begin to, uh, they, they begin to, to train men up who were called to preach and to send them out and to plant other churches and, and, and send missionaries out and to give to faith promise missions and all of these things. What I'm saying to you is that that is the pattern. And it starts right here. It starts right here. pattern <clears throat> it starts with a submissive heart to the authority of God's word and the pattern that he's laid out for his people and I underline this in my notes and I want you to listen to this submissiveness produces obedience which leads to God glorified and him being pleased and His hand of grace being upon us, but an unwillingness to follow that pattern. It's going to lead to some difficulty. 
I've, I've always said this, and I, I believe this to be true to the Scriptures. Baptism is the first step in obedience. And then all of these things like church attendance, tithing, and serving, and th- these, listen, these are the basic fundamentals of Christianity. Th- these are really, this is kindergarten thing. To, to, and I, and I, listen, I realize there are people that are here that they can't drive at night with their health issues, and, th- and I understand, and I believe the Lord understands that, but there are also people that could be here Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night that aren't here. But, but you understand, when it comes to not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, that's, that's basic kindergarten Christianity. And tithing and, and giving to missions and, and serving and being involved, all, all, of, all of that stuff. And, and the, but the problem is this, watch this, that we live in America. And it doesn't cost us anything anymore to do this stuff. Back then it cost them. It cost them to follow the Lord in baptism. It cost them to show up and be in church. To meet together. It, it, listen, the idea was this. You knew, you knew they were serious when they followed Christ in baptism because of what they were giving up. And, and, and it's not that way in our day. Now, don't get me wrong. It is in other places in our world. I remember years ago listening to the testimony of a missionary that we had supported. And, and he was telling me about a man in their church that got saved. And when he got saved, he submitted himself to baptism and followed Christ in baptism and when he did, he was excommunicated by his family and his community. He had to live, he had to live in the, one of the Sunday school classes in their church building until he got back on his feet, got a job, and, and, and rebuilt his life. I would say to you this, that's an awesome testimony. And don't get me wrong this morning, please, please, please listen to this. I'm, I'm thankful for freedom of religion. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But the problem is things like baptism and obedience to the commandments of Christ, they are becoming optional to the hearts and minds of God's people. And as they do, we start writing our own rules and doing our own things. Guarantee you there's people sitting here this morning going, well, you know, preacher, that's for you, but that's not for me. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about what he said. And what you're going to find is this, is that when you don't follow the pattern and you've not submitted it, submitted yourself, you're going to run into issues. Baptism isn't optional. Church membership and attendance isn't optional. Tithing and serving isn't optional. But when we treat those things with a rebellious spirit and attitude and we do our own thing, you will find that there is a struggle. You'll find it that way. You'll find this, I'll guarantee you. Listen to me. You'll find that fellowship with God is a It's not going to be there. And you're going to find things like your relationships with your spouse or your children or your coworkers or your family members or whatever the case may be is going to be strained. You're going to find this, that life's not going to be going like you think it should be going. And you know what the tendency is? The tendency is this, is that we turn right around and we get mad at God because He's not going along with our plans. When the problem's not God. The problem's us. 
See, ultimately what Jesus does here in submitting himself to baptism, he's just demonstrating the submissive spirit, the biblical authority that you and I are to demonstrate in our day and time. And he's setting the pattern. And I listen, I, I'm just telling you from firsthand experience, I got saved at the age of 20. I got saved at the age of 20. And after I got saved, that first couple of years, I struggled. And one of the big reasons why I struggled was because I was still wanting to hold on to things from the old life. Old friends. Old sin. You know, we we can call them habits, but it's really sin. And what I began to realize was this, is that when, when when I would do those things... I, I would feel different inside. I, I wasn't right with God. My, my fellowship with God wasn't the same as it was when I got saved. I, I struggled. I, I wasn't praying. I wasn't in my Bible. I was hitting miss and, you, you know, popping in and out of church. And, and man, I struggled spiritually. And you know what? And you know what? What God began to show me was this is that I'm not going to enjoy the fellowship that I want to have with Him until I'm willing to submit myself to Him and His authority in my life. And I, man, doubts, fears, battles. And I finally, man, I got to the end of myself and said, man, I'm done with this stuff. And I got serious. And I, when I got, listen, when I got serious about those things, and I humbled myself and submitted myself to His authority in my life, and I began to really seriously follow Him, guess what happened? Everything began to fall into place. Guys, it amazes me that here is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is humbling Himself as a servant and submitting Himself to the biblical authority of John's baptism. And yet we got the audacity to step out in 2024 and go, I'm just going to do my own thing. And then we get mad at God when it doesn't work out. Folks, we don't bear that kind of authority. That's right. The responsibility that you have and I have is this, is that if you are saved, you are to humble yourself and submit yourself to the authority of God's Word. And that's where you'll find that life begins to happen. The goodness of God and the grace of God and the blessings of God. All right. Let me give you the second thing. It's going a lot faster than you thought. Let me give you the second thing. Look down at verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. Now watch this. Look at verse number 22. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon Him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son. In Thee I I am well pleased. So, So Jesus was baptized here. So, so this is what I would say to you, all right? And then he prays, and the Spirit of God descends upon him in the form of a dove. So, so here's what I would say to you, is that in verse 21, what I see is this, is that his ministry, it is started with a submissive spirit to biblical authorities. But then right here, what I would say to you is this, is that it's going to be sustained by the power of the Spirit. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 4 and look at verse number 1. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 1. Look quickly. We'll be here next week, Lord willing. But it says this, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, 
returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the, where's that right there? Wilderness. So, but now notice here, he's being full of the Holy Ghost and he's being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, now watch this. So, so in chapter 3, at the beginning of his ministry, he is, he, he, is, he is empowered by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God uh, falls upon him in the form of a dove. And then in chapter number 4, he's going to go into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I would say to you, I think he's going to need the Spirit's strength to withstand the temptation. See the example? Come on, see the example? He's going to need the... Listen to these. He's going to need the Spirit's strength to withstand temptation. He's going to need the Spirit's strength to minister to the people, to show compassion and patience, to demonstrate power over their infirmities. He would need the Spirit's strength to enable him to endure the weakness of human flesh. He's going to endure weariness, hunger, thirst, all of those things. He would need the Spirit's strength in dealing with the difficult circumstances, the attacks of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the rejection of Israel as a whole, the constant battles among the disciples. Who's the great, who do you think is the greatest? I think I'm the greatest, don't you? And to top it all off, he's going to go to the cross of Calvary. And endure suffering that you and I can't even imagine. And he's going to need the Spirit's strength in all of that. But here's the point. Listen, listen to this. It was necessary for, ha- for him to have the Spirit's power on his life. Please listen to this. And that's going to set the pattern for everybody after him. Excuse me? Why, 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 do you think, why do you think he tells the disciples in Acts chapter 1, I want you to tarry at Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for the Comforter. <laughs> but Lord, when, when are you going to come and, and set up your kingdom? That's what they ask him. When are you going to come and set up, set up your kingdom? But this is what he says in Acts 1, verses 6 and 8. And when they therefore come together, they asked him, said, Lord, would, will, wilt thou at this time restore the, the, again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, and in Samaria, and in the uttermost part of the, You know what he's saying to them? You know what he's saying to them? He's saying this. He's saying, listen, this is the pattern. I could not accomplish the ministry that the Father had for me without the power of the Spirit. And so you need to wait in Jerusalem and tarry because you can't accomplish the, the ministry without the power of the Spirit. Listen to me, and listen to me, and who are we to think that we're going to be able to do it in 2024? That's right. It's a pattern. And, they, they, and I'm just telling you, there are people in our churches trying to do Christianity and they don't even have the Spirit because they're not even converted and saved. And they're trying to look the part and to speak the part and dress the part and do the part. 
And they're struggling and they're miserable. And here's why. Because Jesus said, ye must be born again. Well, preacher, you don't understand. I got, I got baptized when I was a little kid. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Baptism doesn't save you. You got to humble yourself and repent and turn to Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there hasn't been a time and place in your life that that's happened, then you're not saved and you must be born again. Well, preacher, I got this confirmation from the religion that I'm in. It doesn't matter. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Have you been born again? But this is what I know. Is that even as a child of God who has been saved, when it comes to those basic commandments like coming to church, giving, even serving to a certain extent, did you know this? I can do that in and of my own power. Truth of the matter is, there's people here this morning probably doing that. You're just here, you didn't pray. You aren't walking with God? And don't get me wrong, I'm glad you're here. And I, but, but that's not the intention of Christianity. There's a pattern. And this is what I have found in my life. Please listen to this. What I have found in my life is that when I'm not walking with God like I'm supposed to be and have the Spirit of God's power on my life, you know what happens? Temptation comes. And I fail. And I blow it. Or weariness comes, and I find myself struggling with discouragement. Well, that's okay, preacher. No, it's not okay. Just, listen, I don't care how you look at it. Discouragement is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Discouragement's a lack of faith. No, don't get me wrong. God's the answer, but I'm just saying to you, I struggle. When I'm not walking with God, and when I'm not walking with God, and I don't have the Spirit of God on my life, I'm just telling you this, difficulties come. And you know what happens? I get frustrated. Because things are supposed to go my way. But I'm sure that's never happened to you. Because we don't follow the pattern. You know, I'm thankful that when I wasn't doing the basic things early in my Christian life, I'm very grateful that I was, I was kind of like the prodigal son in, in the Gospel of Luke. I came to my senses and realized, it's not God, it's me. And I got, I got serious about the things of God. But what I would say to you is this, is where the prodigal son illustrates that thought, I, I would say to you, Peter, Peter's going to illustrate th- this thought right here. Because what's going to happen at the end of, of the earthly ministry of Christ is this, is that they're going to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. Anybody remember that scene? And Jesus is going to set apart the inner three, Peter, James, and John, bring them a little further along. And then he's going to, he's going to tell all of them, all of them, they're supposed to be praying. And then he's going to walk a little further and pray. And then he comes back and he finds Peter and James and John sleeping. Hey, guys, get up. That's what I would have done. I don't know if he... And he asks him to pray, and then he goes back, and he comes back, and he says, what are you guys doing? Did you know this, that just before that, Jesus said to Peter, he said this, Peter, he said, Satan seeks to sift you like wheat. 
And here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's got an opportunity to pray and walk with God and be filled with his spirit. But he's sleeping. And Jesus says this, and he says it to Peter, look it up. He doesn't say it to all of them, he says it directly to Peter and he says this, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And as soon as that's over with and they come out, there's Judas Iscariot and the soldiers and they come to take Jesus. And guess who it is that gets wound up in the flesh? Peter! Whonk! Cuts the guy's ear off. Now that's cool. But that's not the response that Jesus wanted. And Jesus picks the ear back up, puts it back on his head. <laughs> Did you ever think about this? He done it so Peter wouldn't get in trouble. And then the next thing you know, they're at the trial at Caiaphas. And Peter's standing there and somebody goes, Hey, aren't you one of them disciples? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who you're talking about. That's not me. Somebody else. Hey, aren't you? Nope. Hey, hey, don't, aren't you? And he even starts cursing. To let them know, I'm not a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because a disciple of Jesus Christ wouldn't spew out a bunch of filthy language out of their mouth. And he walks off and he weeps bitterly. What, what, what are you trying to get at, preacher? Well, here's what I know. When we're not walking with the Spirit of God, when we're not praying, like the pattern is right here, he was baptized... Then he prayed. You ready catching that? And the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. Listen to this. And when we're not walking with God and we're not spending time in His Word and spending time in prayer and we're not filled with His Spirit, you know what will happen? Same thing. Same thing. But you don't understand, preacher. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not, it's not the pattern. That's not the pattern. That's right. A couple weeks ago, our garage door uh, remote stopped working. The little, uh, not the remote, but the um, wall, and we have a keypad on the wall. And so it stopped working, and I, I, I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and buy one of those and a couple of remotes so that we have spares for our kids and things like that. And, and so I, I ordered all that stuff, and it came in. And so I had done this before, all right, just in my defense. I had done this before where I had programmed a remote in. And so I grabbed the remotes, and I, and, and I opened them up, and there were the directions, and I went, that's what a man does right there, first thing. Put the directions, oh, I don't need that. I know what I'm doing. I have done this before. You know where this is going, right? And then I go down into my garage, and it's like, two degrees and I'm shivering down there and I'm hitting that learn button on that garage door opener and I'm trying to bash this thing and it's not working and, it's, and I just <laughs> you know what I didn't I didn't go this stinking remote they sent me a bad remote I didn't do that you know what I did I walked back up and I opened them direction I went oh that's what I didn't do You know, there's the directions right there. 
And what I'm afraid is this, is that there are too many of us that we're struggling with temptation. And we're weary and discouraged and frustrated. And we're getting so bitter and frustrated and mad at God and questioning Him and blaspheming. When God's going, it ain't, it ain't me. Look at the pattern. You're a child of God, friend. You got access to Him in prayer. He's right. given you His Spirit. Why don't you follow the pattern? What about you? Let's all stand this morning. Lord, sure thankful for our Savior. And Lord, I know in my life I have been 